prevailed against Davos man. How much money did you make in the city? That rather is I've irrelevant. Never, oh, that's such a childish question. Well, it's not, it's I've never childish. had anything to do with Davos, and I know that you've become a very left-wing broadcaster. What will success for this project look like, Mr. Eastman? What we're doing is talking about the ideas that conservatism needs. Shut the fuck up, you cunt! Hello and welcome to Pod Culture Vultures. You are a big posh sod with plums in your mouth. And, 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 I don't think it's and, got anything to do with class. And the plums have mutated and they've got beaks. With me, Dino, and joined with me as always is my retro life mate, Kevin. How's it hanging, me old sausage? Beautiful, baby. Beautiful. Lovely, lovely stuff. How's it going, though? Is it uh, any stories to tell? Any things to be... Concern ourselves with this time round. Uh, normal uh, shit. Normal, normal shit. shit innit, normal yeah. shit. Same normal shit, shit. Different day. Yeah, January. Fucking boring month, innit? Yeah, Too jog cold. On, jog on January. Too cold. Well, it's warming up a bit now, isn't it? It is warming up a bit now. Yeah, not so parky. No, anymore. it isn't. I tell you what, I've been eating a lot of protein, and yeah, I, I know. tell you what, I it, smell it. It stinks, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it sort up. of smells like off raw chicken. Yeah. <laughs> It's a bit muggy in here as well, yeah. Fucking hell, you could cut the air with a knife in here. Smells of shit! But fat bastard. Thank you. (laughs) Ah, you mean sod. (laughs) Ooh, I can smell it. (laughs) I can fucking taste it. Oh, Oh, that's a bit off-side, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) My neck looks like a vagina! Anyway. Anyway, moving on from Austin Powers. Now. What shall we talk about? Soul Man. So now, this is, this is a this is a film that you recommended since the start of this show, haven't you? Th- this was the film that gave me the idea to try and do a podcast which would kind of point out just kind of stuff that 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 was okay or supposedly okay in the 80s and some of the 90s but just does not hold up now at all now just before we get into it I'd just like to um point out that myself and Kev obviously are <laughs> very opposed to the idea of this film anyway mm-hmm. but soul man is I believe it's from 1985. Mm-hmm. Um, C. Thomas Howe. From Red Dawn. He's in Red Dawn. And he's, uh, he's in... Um, he, what is he in? The Outsiders. And he also has a bit part in E.T. Um, but basically, it's uh, about an overprivileged white guy who's uh, just finished... Um, high school, high school, yeah, and is going to Harvard University to study law. Now, at that point, his father decides that he's going to be selfish and take all of his tuition fees and buy a condo in the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> all whilst he's exercising this really strange 
contraption where he's like bobbing up and down. Yeah, it looked like the thing that Vader's in in Revenge of the Sith when he first gets his suit on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, though, James L. Jones is in this he film is, as well. Yeah, Vader himself yeah. is in it, and a perfect Vader impression he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no. So basically, they withdraw. He withdraws his funds. That part of the film's ridiculous, really. Anyway, because if you kid got into Harvard you'd, you'd want to do it but in order to move the film along and to basically teach the overprivileged little shit a lesson he's saying you need to uh, fund it yourself mm. on working out it's going to cost him what is it $53,000 for yeah, the three years three grand, yeah. he decides that if try and find a different way of doing it rather than just get a fucking job and work as well as go to uni mm. He works out that he can get a scholarship if he was um, black, basically. <laughs> yeah, so they they offer a number of different scholarships, don't they, to um, certain demographics. And yes. He's basically going through this kind of manual, isn't it? Like of, of basically where he can try and claim some kind of like um, uh, uh, what what do they call it? Not a loan, is it scholarship? Scholarship, yeah. Scholarship, yeah. yeah. And for some for some reason he lands on this one now I'm sure there's plenty more I think when they're talking about it in there just so that he could do it like this is there's um, you get a certain amount of money or you get a percentage but the if you were if you if you were black um, then you get the full scholarship yeah. basically so he poo-poos it at first obviously but then when all other lines other than just getting a fucking job, it's mm-hmm. cut down. He actually does blackface and gets the scholarship. And he goes, yeah, he he goes full black, doesn't he? He does. He does. And there's but there's no there's, there's like no transition into it either, is there? It's just suddenly he pops up. Yeah, and it's just like oh my god, you know, if you saw it now, it'd be like. What the hell? What? What? Why? How the hell has this been made for a kickoff? But yeah, but basically, it's part of the plot line as well. One of their mates is doing a uh, a, a a course in medicine, and uh, he's working on pills for a fake tan. So, luckily, see Thomas Howard achieves his dark pigment. Mm. by um, exceeding the, the dose of the tablet. Mm. And he, he really doesn't look like a black man. He looks like a white man who's... Put a wig on. Yeah, and just kind of made himself... looks more more Indian, like you said, really. But even even the... Yeah, his, his skin pigment, it's, it's quite grey as well. In, at <laughs> yeah, times, it's, he almost looks quite like a zombie. Yeah, um, I mean, I think the film at the time would have been supposedly full of messages and 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 uh, the fact of of white people stereotyping black people and blah blah. But it's done in such a white, but insensitive way. White insensitive way. I mean, bearing in mind that obviously it's a white guy that is blacked up <laughs> it's quite when he goes out with the white woman and obviously the dad's 
Leslie Nielsen, prejudiced. Naked gun, yeah. Yeah, and then they start imagining him <laughs> different stereotypes. So that she, the invites mother... to, she invites him to dinner, doesn't she, to meet the family, and then there's just, for, for whatever reason, there's just these random, almost like... Cutaways. Cutaways or hallucinations, however you, yeah. you, would, you would describe it, where the other family members... Are imagining and him. And imagining him, yes. As a stereotypical... Um, black person of that time so the woman's thinking of him as almost like a native and he's just saying oh, ever since I was a child I've thought about white women <laughs> and then supposedly pulls her dress off pulls her dress off yeah and then the kid sees him as prince, prince which just yeah and then but the dad but, but it's also it's like the way he's like provocatively like Oh, he's, Licking, yeah, 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 it's, it's over-sexualised. Like, over-sexualised, it? yeah, it's yeah. in front of a child. But the dad one, when he imagines him as a pimp next to his pregnant daughter, <laughs> where's my heroin? Where's my heroin, yeah. <laughs> Get me some more watermelon. Fucking hell, that's terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a number of, of uh, things that are wrong. He's got to hide from some people that he knows, so he just puts some dark glasses on and starts moving his head around like Stevie Wonder. So that's like his. So it's just two of his friends, isn't it, have come to visit, yeah. and they're they're obviously unaware. Only his one mate knows of his, yeah, his disguise, and nobody else seems to recognise him anywhere. But for no apparent reason, he just decides to put on sunglasses in his corridor. Yeah. And start, yeah, doing this sort of portrayal of Stevie Wonder. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And then yeah. his mate says he's he's he's, he's partially deaf. Deaf, yeah. And you're like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't I couldn't see I couldn't see the purpose of it. No. I was really just struggling to think like well in that moment, even like the director, like what what's the director thinking? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what any of them. Right, yeah. I don't know what any of them were thinking when they made it. I just think also with regards to the storyline as well. He's obviously seeing this this white girl who only is only really with him because he's black is kind of what they're getting at. Mm. But the girl he really wants to be with is the the black girl in his class. Yeah. So there's a lot of hijinks around that, isn't there? But it just it still just reeks of of parts that they thought then that was still acceptable even though it just reeks of of, uh, of privilege and that for instance having seeing one woman wanting to see another woman and it's like he's, he's a bit of a cunt really but actually what, he's a massive cunt he's a massive cunt that's what I was saying to you it's not like it's not like you know he's, he really wants to go to university yeah. and gain this law degree to become whatever it is he wants to do in life. And therefore, because his privilege is taken away from him, it's it's a last-ditch um, effort to try and achieve any of that. Yeah. It goes goes down this path. And then it's so... It's, it, it's so... Again, it's, it's just so easy for him. He, he has to be... He has to have the best grades in California mm. as a black student... And manages just to get it like that. Well, yeah, because but, but with he, all of that, yeah. and now he's basically infiltrating, and he's in he's in 
disguise, isn't he? Yeah. You'd think anyone else would just be as low-key as possible, just get his head down, study hard, get yeah. it done, you know. Um, I mean, he should be ashamed of what he's doing for a start, but he doesn't. Yeah. He's such a prick. That literally, on the, on the first day, <laughs> he's he, he's hitting on um, Ray Dawn Chong. Yeah. Uh, his, his his fellow student who's from Commando. Yeah. Um, he, he's on the pool with her. He's pissing off Darth Vader, or <laughs> yeah. James L. Jones, isn't he? And he, he, you couldn't stand out anymore. I don't find you amusing. No, no, no exactly. Not impressive. Mostly not impressive. Yeah. But, um, but he's just like making all these waves and he's just like, I don't... Yeah, you, I don't, you, you, I don't yeah. you, you can't... I can't relate to him. In any way, I cannot... I don't think anyone but, would be able to no. relate to anyone that would think... Even back then, I don't think you did. I'm going to take this scholarship away from someone who really needs it because I'm such a fucking rich arsehole or refuse to work. Yeah, but what's that? What even? What's that comment that they they talk about him and his mate? And it, doesn't his mate say something like, uh, "It it wouldn't it wouldn't be used anyway, so you, the money would still be there." He says money, that. He he says, but then what if he said, "Well, none, no, no one has got." that level of mm. qualification so that money would just sit there so it might as well be used on me. But then, of course, later on in the film we find out that... Um, Ray Dawn Chong. Ray was. Dawn Chong was, was on her way to get that scholarship until he turned up with his grades and his were better so he got it so she has to work. And she also find out that she's got um, she's supporting a young a young child, young child which yeah. again I still think is still stereotypical of what they thought like in the eighties with regards to yeah. to that. But it's just it. I, I, we we I know we laughed, but we were laughing out of how uncomfortably ridiculous. ridiculous it was and it's just ironic and it's just I know I think Spike Lee said it's the worst film that's ever been allowed to be made yeah and you know it shouldn't be shown I mean it's just like but it's kind of that sort of trying to punch that message in there throughout the whole film and it's just like yeah, we kind of do it. We do it in a much better way now, but you, you're still not. You're you're still like. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like it's doing it in a way where it's still like it's still punching down, for want of a better term, mm. based on the fact that you're thinking. Yeah, well, we're still thinking of of you know the ethnic. But, you know, we still are, you know, we just better be a bit more sort of understanding. But it's just like, well, it's like the whole way through, those two guys that are Making telling the jokes racist and... jokes. No offence, right? No offence, right? And until the end, when he goes back to being white. Clobbers him, don't he? Clobbers him, one. Message! But there's like, they do like a big, sort of mock kangaroo court don't they with regards to whether or not he's going to be allowed to stay there and he turns out at the end not taking his pills so he's mm -hmm. he's he's uh, whiter than a gingerbread's ass, basically yeah. <laughs> and, and he turns up we'll see Thomas how like but even then when James L. Jones 
he lets him stay. Even what he's done is absolutely horrendous. Yeah, yeah. He's still... And it's like, in reality... No you'd fucking be, way. You'd be gone. But then, obviously, he does say he's going to do this, this, and this, and... Blah, 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 blah. And then... You know it's going to... And James O'Donnell Jones said, well, you've, you've learnt something that I can't teach anyone is you know what it feels like to be black. And then... C. Thomas House says, I don't, I haven't, because I know that I can, I could have bailed out of that at, at any time, time I yeah. wanted. And what, what I think, what I think they kind of maybe got the idea for the film from, there's a book um, from the, I think it's the late 50s, yeah, 1959, a Texan journalist called uh, John Howard Griffin. He he travelled the deep south mm-hmm. um, with around black working class neighbourhoods and stuff. But he blacked up, mm-hmm. and uh, his book is called Black Like Me. Right. And I think there's even there is something in there that says about I don't know that because at any time I could have given up being that. Oh, right, so you think that this film is kind of influenced on that? I think it's taken it, from that book. Yeah. From that book, which again I think was probably at the time, because I could I remember that um, Robert Newman from Newman and Badil and the Mary Whitehouse Experience on one of his stand-ups, he talks about that book, and he does a routine about him doing a book similar to that called Woman Like Me. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Where he goes in to get a job as a uh, a teacher in a school as a man and they refuse the job. So he dresses up so as a woman. dresses up as a woman and they say, get the fuck out or we're going to call the police. <laughs> See, women are treated worse than men. <laughs> but the whole thing alludes to basically they know that he's dressed as a woman. <laughs> right, okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I do think that there's probably connection to that. But um, <laughs> it's very it's very 80s of its time, but it, it's just, God, it's so, so wrong. I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's so incredibly insensitive. I, yeah. I mean, I... I found it very uncomfortable um, to <laughs> yeah. watch. And like I say, I couldn't relate to any of the characters. No. You know, it just it just felt like it's very over, yeah, privileged young white man. Yeah. Just fucking taking the piss. Yeah. Literally taking the piss out of everything um, and getting it all kind of on a platter and behaviour in a, in a way which is unforgivable. Yeah. You know, and, you know, there's a bit of a spoiler alert, so you can pause here if you want, but it does end up being a bit of a happy ending, and I don't think he deserved... No, he didn't. He doesn't deserve, it a, doesn't back, deserve uh, a, a happy ending. No, because he was... The thing is, supposedly, with a lot of those 80s films at that time... He's been on a journey. He's learned a huge life lesson, and that. But it's not quite. I think um, I know that there was, and this is only a couple of years ago. There was a thing about this film 
because uh, obviously people took offence to the fact that obviously C. Thomas Howell was in blackface and that, and Spike Lee um, had said it's stuff about it, but I think it came out, it was released in 1986, and I think that is the same year that Spike Lee brought out Do The Right Thing. Right, okay, yeah. Which obviously is, is a really a brilliant, brilliant mm. film. Um, and sort of covers a lot of those topics. Um, but um, what's the what's the the um, the woman's name in it again? I'm Ray sorry. Dawn Chong. Ray Dawn Chong. I think there was kind of a thing a couple of years ago between because Spike Lee was mentioning it on some stuff, saying it was out of order, and uh, she sort of came back at him saying that you know what defending it defending the film yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah characters that'd be interesting but yeah it's just um it's yeah very it's just very just uncomfortable very ins insensitive um very mm -hmm. mixed messaged kind of movie um and I just I, I couldn't <laughs> understand why some of these like well known actors in it would have Wanted to be attached to it. It's, no, um, well, but but I think it's what you say. It's 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 of its its time and place. I mean, in such an inclusive world that we live in now, you, yeah, you, you couldn't make this film, you know, and and why would you want to make a like this film? But you know? I, <laughs> playing devil's advocate and sitting on the fence a little bit, all I would say is I think the people that made it, they had. They thought they had good intentions, if mm. you see what I mean. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think they thought it was it, it. They had good intentions of trying to do a film which was a comedy, but also had that message. But it was done in a patronising and condescending way, yeah. which is a very <laughs> at that time and still with some people now a very patronising white way of looking at. At that sort type of stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm a I'm a white middle aged man. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I've got no idea. But th that's what I think, and I think at the time as well, Spike Lee had his film "Do the Right Thing" coming out, and he wasn't he wasn't happy with that film coming out at the same time, sort of thing. Yeah, I think I think maybe they were trying to shift the perspective so that as an audience member you could somewhat try to un understand yeah where an ethnic minority culture may come from um especially from a white perspective yeah i just don't think they executed it very well um no. i think if you look at films if you look at films like uh, emancipation so yeah. um Will Smith, Antoine Fuqua, mm. and if you look at um, 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 Steve McQueen's brilliant Twelve Years a Slave, yeah, you do get a, you do get to see it from a different perspective, and but both of them, especially Twelve Years a Slave, is is highly emotional. Yeah. Um, it's a fantastic film, but it, and it's incredibly sad, and. Um, 
and it is diff it's very difficult to watch it's, yeah. you know it's but I feel like those films portrayed it very those films are supposed to be difficult to watch aren't they yeah, because but, of but the subject matter is so but respectful at the awful. same time yeah. this one they, they these these films I believe were they they were they were produced with the right intentions and they wanted to shock they wanted to shift the perspective um but they wanted to tell a very emotional story that anyone can relate to i cannot relate to this soul man. <laughs> I, don't know I mean you could do it i don't know but it's it's yeah. almost like this is the best they could do at the time and it's just like it's just so it's so um patronizing and you know what I mean? Not not just to black people, but to white people who ever want to watch it. It's just like uh, the message is so broad, and mm. it's obvious now, but to us now. But then, God, I mean, how old was I? Nineteen eighty-five. I was uh, seven, so I don't really know. I have it's the second time I've I've watched it. Well, there won't be a second time for me, I can tell you that. I won't be watching it for, for a third, third time. time no. I only watched it because um, I thought it was interesting sub subject matter for us to talk about mm -hmm. when I first started doing the podcast and that. It's just like, that is the most extreme version of something that I can think of now that came out way back, nearly 40 years ago, in comparison to the day's sort of moral compass and cultural, you know, identification. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, anyway, that's... Uh, that's Soul Man. Soul Man. <laughs> <laughs> Finally done and dusted. Yeah. Not one we would actually recommend. <laughs> no, I think... No, yeah, I think there's... Uh, it, <laughs> we wouldn't recommend watching it, but, I mean, if you want to document the fact or, or, or just see what we're talking about and you, you can see for yourself how how bad it is i don't reckon any of the streaming services are going to have it on anytime soon no i don't think they will <laughs> anyway anyway next week song of the south i <laughs> <laughs> joke what is it that annoys you and Others I've been I've spoken to about what's the name of that film uh, Soul Man? Oh. Am I getting into a can of worms for peas? <laughs> I really want to know. Okay, here's for people who don't know about Soul Man. The premise is that you have this rich kid whose father's a millionaire and refuses to pay his way through Harvard Law School, mm -hmm. and there's a black scholarship. So the only way he can get into Harvard Law School is to take a pill that's a suntan pill and put on an Afro wig and he gets admitted as a black student. Passes himself off as a minority. And uh, it looks phony. There's no way in the world to see how Thomas looks black. Yeah. And it's, to me, it's really an attack on affirmative action. And when I was out in LA promoting the film, I said that Ray Don Chong's card from the sisterhood should be revoked. And the producer, <laughs> Stephen yeah. Tish, called me up and, and started getting nasty about it, you know, saying, had I seen the film? I said, no, I didn't have to see it. Didn't I? I mean, that's the premise of the film. And to me, I don't see why Ray did. I was really surprised that James Earl Jones was a, was a, mm. a part of that. That was really surprised. I but know you haven't seen it? 
I'm not gonna see it either. I want you to tell all your friends about me. Where can they find us, Kev? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and now Fred's. Any uh, emails or uh, recommendations, pop us over an electronic mail to podculturevultures at gmail.com. Beautiful. And please remember to subscribe, follow and rate and all the other business that goes with your social media claptrap. But until next time, catch you on a flippity flop. Gully bailer. That it? Did you do anything else? No, there's no more. Right then, we'll fuck off. This is great banter. It really is.